Welcome to Pipitone Group's Integrate Thinking, the podcast where we share our perspective on the latest marketing trends, best practices, and tips to impact your business. Each episode, we will bring you engaging interviews from our team and other industry thought leaders to give you insight on how you can approach marketing communications to drive results. Let's meet your host. Hello, I'm your host, Jeff Pyatt. Today, we'll be discussing the 2019 American Institute of Architects conference that was just held in Las Vegas. Pipitone Group has had people attending that exhibition for over 25 years. And today, our home and building products team is here to talk about what their experiences were and what takeaways they, they, they came home with that they could share. So our guests today include Scott Pipitone, who is our president and CEO and fearless leader. We have Kirk uh, Banasik, who's the vice president of building products, our building products category here at, the, at Pipitone. And then Arnie Begular, who is a uh, principal and chief strategy officer, guiding all of our strategic marketing and, and so on. And then uh, Kim Tarquinio, who's the director of integrated content and manages our content team, as, as well as a number of building products clients that she's really, really closely involved with. So there's a lot of knowledge of the category. So uh, welcome, you know, to our first installment of the Integrate Thinking podcast. Uh, I'd be interested to hear any sort of insights or any fun things that might have come out of Vegas that didn't have anything to do with building products. So did you guys enjoy your, your stay in Vegas? Well, the AIA always does a great party on the opening night, you know, in the various locations that we've been to over the years. And this one didn't fail to impress. Uh, Hanley Wood hosted it, and it was actually held at the uh, Paris on the third floor underneath the Eiffel Tower. So we were all partying underneath the Eiffel Tower. There was uh, the vitro smash. Solar uh, band smash. The, yeah, the, <laughs> there was a solar band smash. There were special drinks and, uh, and a uh, certainly a Vegas D, uh, DJ that was uh, making it so that polite conversation was not being had. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dancing was being done. Is that right? I'm right. having I a think, hard time visualizing architects dancing. I know. Uh, yeah. a, I think it was actually a first for the, for the opening yeah, yeah, night yeah, event that they was. actually had this much dancing going on. So yeah. I don't know if it was, it was Vegas. Pillow dance. Yeah. I don't know if it was Vegas or the smash or what, but there was a lot more <laughs> activity yeah, so. on the dance floor this yeah. year than smash. Years past. Well, a lot of relationship building going on. Uh, it all sounds that way. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Well, I'm sure with all those architects, you know, what happened in Vegas stayed there. So let's hope for some of them. Uh, well, nonetheless, <laughs> we are anxious to hear about this, the show itself and, and anything you, you, uh, you walked away with that you could share with us today. Um, let me start the conversation here with Arnie to, uh, you know, he's sort of our, our, uh, our senior member of, of, of attendees at the, uh, the show itself. He's been going for over two decades. Um, you know, Arnie, how, you know, how did the show's attendance, uh, how was it this year? Yeah, well attended? I, well, I think it was well attended. I think the consistent thing from year to year are the number of architects that come, or at least the percentage of registered architects that come. Where it changes a little bit, for instance, last year's show in New York, uh, this year's show in Las Vegas, next year's show in Los, in, in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, we've been to shows all over the country in Atlanta, Florida, New Orleans, et cetera. Certainly, geographically, you tend to draw more architects from that regional area, but it always hovers in that eighteen to 22,000 architects. Mm -hmm. I think what really changed this year, though, is with the building product manufacturers, a.k.a. the exhibitors, 
I think there's a lot of building product manufacturers that are really questioning the investment in this show and their ability to really reach and impact architects and to, and to introduce new products and to get them engaged uh, with their companies. So certainly I think the show floor has actually shrunk over time. And actually, some of our clients have actually decided to not even attend the show this year. So it's becoming much more, uh, we're having to measure much more, if you will, at the impact upon that expenditure for our clients. Mm -hmm. I think another, another thing that's changed a lot is they break the show into pavilions. This year, they had an interiors pavilion, a metals pavilion, a software and technology pavilion, sustainable pavilion, a wood pavilion. And so if you think about over the past couple years, you know, before there was a green build show, there was a different presence in sustainability. Now that they split that show in half, there's not necessarily as much sustainability going on. Certainly, when you talk about metal and interiors, they stay fairly consistent. But I think the makeup of the show floor has also changed. And I think Scott will talk a little bit later in the broadcast about uh, some of the changes he saw there. Yeah. Well, were you personally invited to this show? I mean, do those, these exhibitors uh, invite you with their databases? Yeah, it, it's interesting. And, yeah. and as we've done for our clients over the years, you know, you have the opportunity to use the pre-show attendee list for the AIA. And uh, so this year, I would say that I probably got about five direct mail postcards prior to the show. I probably got five to ten emails from different manufacturers during the show, which in a sense is a little bit of a lack of disintegration, if you will, that the same people that sent you a postcard didn't send you an email. So they're using two different vehicles. And the other thing that's interesting is as a integrated marketing firm, the fact that we even get invited to some of these booths, uh, you know, it lays into question how well they're segmenting their databases or they're using segmentation with the AIA database. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, the, uh, you mentioned earlier about even receiving some invitations after the show, huh? Yeah, it was great. It was great when we finally got back to Pittsburgh. I did get uh, three invitations to go to last week's show, which I, I will not be taking advantage of. <laughs> well, you know, Kim, uh, you know, what were your biggest uh, changes that, that you noticed in this year's show? Um, I think one of the big things that I noticed, first and foremost, of course, the architect's come to the AIA show to get their CE credits, right? They want to go to one-stop shop and go from classroom to classroom and check the boxes and get their credits. So the AIA Expo has always competed a little bit with the classes that are going on at the same time. Um, the show floor is empty while the classes are going on. We all hope that the doors are going to open then the architects are going to flood the floor when, and, and spend some time walking around. I think... What a lot of the building product manufacturers did this year to try to draw in those architects and maybe even keep them a little bit longer in their booths and on the show floor was to add an education component to their booths, whether it was, you know, an informal 10-minute presentation where they had a couple of seats set up with in front of a TV screen in their booth, um, or in some cases, some had taken their whole 20 by 30 space that they might have used before in years past for product display and turned it into an AIA learning lounge so that an architect could get a full credit course on the show floor. Um, so I think, you know, that they're trying to draw them in this year a little bit more rather than compete with the classes, you know, join the party and, and add oh. to the education that they could get. No, that's really an interesting way of sort of driving traffic, but then adding some value to it. Right, you've got and, a captive know. audience while they're there, you know, they're in line waiting to get in, they're in line waiting to get out, and you know, I think it. anytime you can 
help them help an architect understand your product, what it does, how to use it, you know, that it's going to be to your benefit. So yeah, uh, and taking control of that process is, is a really nice strategy. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a really really unique. Hey Kim, Kim but uh, wasn't it like five years ago when they actually started putting the CEUs right on the floor? On the showroom floor because they have learning. The AIA has learning lounges on the show floor that are that are set up by the AIA. Mm -hmm. But these were building product manufacturers who actually had turned their booths in some cases into a classroom Mm -hmm. environment. The AIA has those sponsored. They have sponsored AIA lounges. But I think it was they did they didn't they weren't doing that maybe five years ago. You know, at the show. No, they were in separate classrooms. Yeah, there are separate classrooms throughout like a convention center, right. but this was more that they're bringing it down to the showroom floor so that the manufacturers the can, problems. Get, yeah. can yeah. get the sponsorships. I, I think the, the other thing that happened, too, if you remember last year in New York, that they had all the continuing education off-site of the convention center. Mm-hmm. So the further you get the education away from the show floor, the less traffic that you build. The, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was um, it's always interesting to be around the architect live section of the show where building product manufacturers, architects, and other other folks can give 15-minute presentations. And I sat through three or four of those, and I have to say there was probably 100 to 150 people watching each of those. So, again, another educational opportunity for people to learn about products, services, mm-hmm. technologies, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. I remember we participated in one of those, too, I think, last year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good way to get their attention. So, Scott, uh, while the show is really geared to, to architects, you know, where are the opportunities for the building products manufacturers to, to learn? You know, where, where is it for them to, to really? Uh... Well, it, it, was, it was interesting because the, uh, on two points. One is that there were, there were companies like Cavestra, uh, which is, you know, they're based out of Pittsburgh, and they're actually an ingredient brand for the building product manufacturers. They use some of their polymers and some of those other pieces for the manufacturers there. And I kind of went up to their booth and says, well, what are you doing here? And they said, well, you know, we're actually marketing to the building product manufacturers. They're coming here. So that was kind of interesting to have that, that little tie in there. But then also, uh, one of the big things they noticed was that the, all the technology that was there, all the data pieces that, was, as Arnie had said, there's like almost a whole technology row of, of these different companies. Um, like, you know, Dodge is certainly part of that, but there's Dell Tech that's actually consolidating a whole series of companies, everything from Master Spec to a vitro that they just pulled in to Construction Connect. And what's really important for the building product manufacturer is that these people are looking at that architect or looking at the whole building product lifestyle, where's our life cycle, where the product is fitting in from the beginning when the architect is specking it, where the representatives are, how they're selling it to the architect within the distributors, go into the GCs and even going down to the subs. And these companies are trying to kind of have the technology that's going to connect all the way through. You know, master spec is part of a Dell, Dell Tech thing. That's where all the specifications are sitting into. To, const- to construct connect, which it actually is gathering information from a whole series of general contractors and, and subcontractors about what is actually the spec there and who's actually doing this. And uh, this, the, the amazing part was, you know, as you start to look at some of this, these databases there, you can see as a building product manufacturer where your product is and also maybe where it isn't, where you thought it might have been that that rep is covering you off and helping you out. But maybe they weren't doing that stuff there because you can compare it across. Uh, we were looking at a couple of our, our existing customers there and looking at their competitors within the space and 
yeah, we thought there might have been a few more specs in Arkansas than we thought, <laughs> than we originally believed. Yeah, I think the, I think the other thing that's happening with these systems, as Scott said, they're they're trying to integrate from the local level to the national level. I think years ago, what happened, folks like Dodge and Construct Connect were so focused on published projects that whether they be in the private sector or the public sector. And I think what's happened now with some of the tools is they're trying to draw more of their information from the local marketplace. That's really where the information lies within all the local marketplaces and almost reversing the flow of information from how it was before. Right. And, and to see, see the, actually the prod, product spec, to see your customer's product spec in that spec that's actually sitting in a database that's searchable. You know, so it was really impressive for many of our manufacturing customers to kind of look at and say, you know, where are where we are the basis of, of design. Yeah. Well, I'd say that there would be some invaluable information from a marketing standpoint, I would mm -hmm. think, yeah. you know, that you could really tap into and mm -hmm. no matter where they are on the bike cycle, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah, we're always looking yeah. from the front to the end, you know, as far as, you know, if, if, if we can help that architect get that spec, did it really live in that building going all the way there? And how can we help, help our customers hold that spec? Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, one last insight. One last insight there. You know, research says that architects really, uh, really go to building product manufacturers' websites for spec information and things like that. So it's always interesting the balance from a marketing point of view. How many places you have to have your specs reside on? Because certainly, if they're on your website, they're not necessarily getting into the systems that Scott's been talking about. Mm -hmm. So usually, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I think Kim knows more than I about this, and there's a lot of choices, and you have to decide the best place to have those specs. Right. There's a lot of options out there today. And it's being in the right place at the right time, and in multiple places in most cases. One, one place is not the end-all, be-all. It's not going to get you what you want. So... Yeah, and it's it's expensive too. It's a major it investment for all these it manufacturers. It can be, and so yeah. evaluating yeah. each one on it, you know, is is the key. Making sure that you have the one that works best for you. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's that's a, a really interesting uh, topic. Um, you know, I think we could plug in our VP of uh, building products now and get his opinion. You know, I I know beyond the the data and the technology uh, conversation. Uh, you know, I know you're a big education uh, fan and, you know, really trying to learn as much as you can about this, uh, this category. Uh, could you talk maybe about any of the sessions that you attended that, that uh, you know, are worth mentioning or, you know, really, really relevant to this conversation? Uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff, thanks. Um, all are really good points about, you know, getting the spec and differentiating to keep the spec. But, and Kim made a really good point about um some of the manufacturers bringing in educational additions to their booths because we first have to link and engage the audience and bring them in. And of all the audiences uh, or all of the sessions that we went to, uh, the underlying relevancy to building product manufacturers is that we've got to help the architects, the engineers, the owners connect the dots to solve the architectural challenges, you know, whether they be like safety, net zero, population density, affordable housing in the homeless was a big deal since we were so close to LA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it even went down as far as, um, vitro came in with, um, how their glass can help, um, by with migratory bird patterns and avoid, avoid that issue and how that might uh, impact our uh, architecture impacts our environment. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as, as an example of one of the classes, you know, you can look at the, how artificial intelligence is being used to redefine 
life safety strategies. Uh, a good example of that was um, how the different sensors can plug into a control unit and monitor your uh, temperature room, whether there's smoke, whether there's sound, and it can actually determine what type of um, environment you're creating to say is it a false signal that from fire that could really uh, relate to a shooter or is it truly a fire just based on using artificial intelligence it was amazing wow. you know uh, another yeah oh it's, it's really cool yeah. you know another is if you, if you look at net zero you know uh, arco and water management what they're doing to help get to net zero which is better management water collection and uh, conservation and, you know, Scott mentioned the uh, Cofestro. What they're doing, uh, they had this deal in their booth, 40% of global energy consumption is being caused by buildings. And if you look at that, we've got to educate our audience because their polyurethane foam, during the life cycle of that polyurethane foam, it, take, it will save 70 times more energy than it takes to produce it. So we, we've got to engage this audience as to what's important to them, bring them in and hold the spec. But, you know, the bottom line is basically it's, it's building product manufacturers um, are part of the solution. Yeah. And we, we've got to help the architects, the engineers, the owners connect the dots to solve these challenges. Oh, oh, that's uh, that, that's an amazing point. I think the, it'd be curious how much the architects really pay attention to that and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a building products manufacturer message, you know, is that the, uh, you know, getting the oh, attention the of the architects. Oh, yeah, the diversity in, in, in these uh, courses. I mean, you know, the, the cultural, the age, the, the XY, XX chromosomal pairs. Um, and then how different people and uh, generations were taking notes. They were engaged. They were just doing it on their terms. Uh, yeah. So it was interesting to see that huge diversity, but yet that similar, that the, the similar goal of improving how we interact with our environment. It, yeah. was, it was really, really cool. Yeah, no, that sounds, you know, we have to get to wrap things up here, uh, Kirk, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in what your thoughts might be about any of these building product uh, manufacturers might think about in preparation for next year's show. I mean, what do you think is, uh, you know, in, in the future here for, for okay. the AIA show? Okay. Um, well, I, I guess, I guess um, in preparation for next year, um, you know, I, I'd say be fluid, stay focused, and keep moving. So it's kind of like, you know, when a river encounters an obstacle, it figures the best path to keep moving and it's not that much different for uh, building product manufacturers you know there's going to be challenges facing us with uh, uh, what high national debt you've got legislation around life safety water collection conservation you've got all these things that are out of our control but stay focused on what is in our control and and we've heard from a lot of manufacturers and our whole building product team has heard from a lot of manufacturers that one of the biggest challenges that they're facing is um, the evolving diversity of the A&E installer communities. You know, how, how will these younger, uh, culturally diverse, more tech savvy, less brand loyal individuals work with building product manufacturers, you know, to, to solve the architectural challenges that are facing us today? Yeah. You know, so, so to keep moving forward, I'd say, you know, building product manufacturers need to be innovative. Excellent. You know, uh, uh, innovate, 
innovative with you know how their product solutions complement the whole structure. It's not just their product; it's the whole structure. You know, they've got to be innovative with with how they connect with and and I think the key word is educate this younger group of, of professionals. You know, doing things doing things that the way we've always been done or they've always been done. Yeah. It's yeah, not going to work in the future. Yeah, Kirk, it's not going to work. Yeah, Kirk, if you remember from the AIA breakfast about you know when we when those interview those or I'm sorry the architectural record breakfast and when those architects were interviewed there they're they're, they're looking for innovative products, they're looking for people to partner with them, and they're looking for interesting and new solutions to their to their building challenges. Yeah. Well, you know, gentlemen and young lady, <laughs> that's really all the time we have. Uh, <laughs> You know, I want to thank you all uh, for for sharing your ideas and sharing your experiences, uh, certainly in the AIA in Vegas. And we promise it'll stay right here. So. <laughs> <laughs> we promise we'll share. <laughs> We're going to share. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for your time, Jeff. Thank you. Good job, Jeff. Thanks. Hey, buddy. This wraps up today's episode of Integrate Thinking, recorded in Pipitone Group Studios high atop Pittsburgh's Observatory Hill. Pipitone Group is an integrated marketing agency with over 25 years of experience. We offer a unique culture of collaborative thinking using a creative and holistic approach to marketing that influences behaviors and impacts business. Our clients include a variety of building product manufacturers whose products are used inside and outside of buildings. They include companies like Vitro Architectural Glass, Metalspan, Sloan, Invisible Structures, and Bobrick. Let us help you optimize your marketing communication strategies to alter behaviors that drive bottom line results. If you like our show and want to learn more, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can also listen by visiting our podcast page at pipitonegroup.com. Have an integrate day. <laughs>